Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Quest Nature Tours, offering expert led small group tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. Explore exceptional journeys around the world at QuestNatureTours.com. And Beautio Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. BeautioBooks.com. Good morning. Welcome to our show, and good afternoon and good evening, show number 939. And if you're listening on the 18th as we do the show live, happy Father's Day. Well, we'd like to say there are many kinds of birding, and that all who do any of them can certainly call themselves birders. There's backyard birding, casual birding, hardcore birding, lots of other variations. And there's mindful birding, something we'll learn about on this morning's show with special guest Holly Merker in just a couple of minutes. Meanwhile, we'll hear our guest's name mentioned in one of the audio postcards to which we're about to listen. It's from Kimberly Mutu reporting from a magical place called Hog Island, or near there, off the coast of Maine. First, though, an audio card from Virginia, courtesy of Alan Hale. Good morning, Ray. This is Alan Hale in central Virginia. It's early in the morning, end of May, and we're listening here to two tanagers. The clearer one is the summer tanager, and the one farther away is the scarlet tanager. Very nice to hear both of them singing. I hope this is clear enough so that you can hear both species. Alan Hale in Nelson County, Virginia, with an audio postcard for Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Thank you, Alan, for that beautiful audio postcard. And now we'll hear from Kimberly Mutu and friends up there, off the rocky coast of Maine. Hi, Ray. It's Kimberly, along with Holly Merker and the whole group from Session Chew, Joy of Birding, at Hog Island Audubon Camp in Maine. We're circling Eastern Egg Rock, eight miles south of camp, the site of Project Puffin, now celebrating 50 years of successfully reintroducing puffins to the coast of Maine. Take a listen. What you're hearing in the background are the loudest ones are the laughing gulls and then the common terns. We also have common eiders, Atlantic puffins, herring gulls, razorbills, black guillemots, arctic and roseate terns. Well, that's it from here. Cheers. Cheers! Thank you so much for that, Kimberly. Cheers and a cheer from up there off Eastern Egg Rock off the coast of Maine. Well, we love getting audio postcards and listening to them. And if you'd like to send us one, get your smartphone or digital recording device and just describe some birds that you're seeing and uh, send a file to ray at talkingbirds.com. 
That's ray at talkingbirds.com. And if you have some questions about how to do it, um, just let us know, and uh, we'll be standing by to assist. Here's a bird the folks up there off Hog Island uh, may have seen. It's our mystery bird. And this is a preview of the contest. A bit later on, our seagoing mystery bird is the largest member of its family in the world. Its back and wings are deep charcoal with black outermost primary feathers. And it sports large white spots at the tip of its outermost two primaries. It has a thick yellow bill with a red spot on the lower mandible. Its legs are pale pink. Its eye color ranges from pearl gray to pale yellow with dark red eye rings. Some of the clues for our mystery bird will do the actual contest in just a bit. And beautiful prizes await from Beauty of Books and Mary's Gone Crackers. Good things to read and good things to eat. Uh, via the Mystery Bird uh, Contest this morning. A salute to our Talking Birds ambassadors. A couple of home staters here from Massachusetts to thank for becoming Talking Birds ambassadors, including Rena from Middleborough, Massachusetts. And uh, another Hog Island connection here this morning, thanks to Julie Thornton from Wayland, Mass., who says, learned about your program from someone I met at Hog Island Audubon Camp. She was originally from the Boston area, now lives outside of San Francisco, noticed the cute patch on her backpack. Thank you, Julie, and thank you, Rena. It's really impossible to overstate how much we appreciate and love our Talking Birds ambassadors. Who are they? The more than 800 listeners from all over the U.S. and Canada and beyond helping us to do what we're trying to do, and that is to spread the word about the wonder of birds and the importance of conservation. Being a Talking Birds ambassador is very easy, and so is signing up. To do that, just click the Get Involved tab at TalkingBirds.com. That's the Get Involved tab right at the top of the homepage at TalkingBirds.com. There's no G in talking. That is right. And still to come today, our special guest, Holly Merker will tell us about a wonderful thing called mindful birding. Also today, Mike O'Connor will join us for a live Let's Ask Mike segment about why thistle seed or niger seed is not up to par these days. And up next, a bird that doesn't often want to be seen but who's happy to be heard is today's featured feathered friend presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Heading home after each Talkin' Birds show, yours truly often visits the salt pans, shallow water features of salt and brackish marshes, in a place called Squantum in Quincy, Massachusetts, just south of Boston. There are often some nice views there of snowy egret, great egret, osprey, willet, greater and lesser yellow legs, least and semi-palmated sandpiper, and lots more. And last week, a local bird forum reported a sighting there of this bird. The clapper rail. It didn't stick around there long, but it's appearing today as our featured feathered friend. 
The clapper rail is a large, slender, chicken-like rail with a long, slightly down-curved bill and a short tail. It has gray or brown upper parts, white barring on the flanks, and a rust-brown breast and belly. The clapper rail is usually hidden well in dense reed cover, but it sometimes stalks in the open along muddy marsh edges, twitching its short tail as it walks, searching for prey that includes crabs and crayfish, aquatic insects, small fish, mollusks, worms, and frogs. Among the clapper rail's adaptations to its environment are special glands that enable it to drink salt water, and the fact that its eggs can still hatch after being submerged in water up to a foot and a half deep during high tides. The clapper rail is found all along the U.S. East and Gulf coasts, from New England to Texas, as well as on Caribbean islands and in Mexico and Belize. Mostly as a resident species, although it's a breeding visitor in the northern part of its range. It was once abundant on the Atlantic coast. John James Audubon reported that he could find a hundred clapper rail nests in a day before development and draining of marshes fragmented the bird's habitat over the years. According to the North American Breeding Bird Survey, clapper rail numbers declined between 1966 and 2021, although insufficient data makes population trends difficult to assess. And there's good news from Partners in Flight. Their estimates of the bird's global breeding population lists the species as being of low conservation concern. Today's Talking Birds featured feathered friend, Rallus crepitans, the clapper rail. Welcome again to our show, number 939. All of our past shows, by the way, available at TalkingBirds.com. We can also find info there on how to listen to the show live, live on Sunday mornings, 9.30 to 10 Eastern. Holly Merker is a professional birding guide, author, and educator. She has a background in art therapy, but today uses birds and nature toward the same goals through nature-based wellness programs for people of all ages. And she's the founder of the Mindful Birding Network, which we're going to ask her about today. Good morning, Holly. Good morning, Ray. It's wonderful to have you back. You were with us back in November of... 2021 and uh i'll get to why that was in a moment here (laughs) uh i should ask you first about your joining in there uh on that audio postcard from hog Uh, island so you were leading the the group there yes so i was lucky enough to be the session director for adult birding camp that national audubon has through hog island camp and uh, this was a session called the joy of birding the joy of birding somehow that seems to lead into mindful birding so um let's why don't we get a, a definition there what is mindful birding Yeah. So mindful birding is essentially bringing mindfulness exercises into the observation of birds with the intention to turn our attention towards birds and nature for the wellness benefits for our own Mm self-care. We're certainly hearing a lot about that these days, self-care and the emotional and uh, mental benefits of of, of watching birds. So much more and more evidence uh, 
about that. Well, let me go back to that uh, November of 2021. And for folks who'd like to listen back to that, that was our show number 847 on the 7th of November in 2021. And we talked about your book, Ornotherapy, co-written with Richard Crossley and Sophie Crossley. Um, In there, you say, through simple techniques and exercises of mind and body birding, we can tune in to the birds and natural world around us, supporting our well-being while improving upon our understanding of birds. And that's really part of mindful birding, right? Absolutely. It are it is the core element of mindful birding. And then there's slow birding. And how, how does that fit in there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, slow birding, like ornotherapy, are both practices of mindful birding in that invites people to take a moment just to slow down and pay attention to Mm -hmm. notice what's going on around us and cultivating some of those wellness benefits that we were just talking about. Well, you have something very personal uh, about all of this, particularly relating specifically, I think, to birding. And um, I think you had a chapter or part of a chapter headlined. um, Well, it describes how birding saved your life. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so, well, it's absolutely true. I credit birds in this practice of mindful birding with helping me get through a really difficult time in my life where I was going through a diagnosis of breast cancer at a pretty early age. Mm -hmm. I was a young mom. I was lucky enough to already be a birder, but I had no idea what companionship birds would bring me along that journey of wellness. Mm -hmm. And so uh, this is when I first discovered how powerful birds can be in our, in our well-being and also to support our overall health care. And now there's the Mindful Birding Network. Tell us about that, Holly, if you would, uh, how it works, um, who's in it, how long it's been going. Yeah, absolutely. So the Mindful Birding Network was founded in 2021. And the network is essentially a community of people around the globe, and we serve as a hub for all things mindful birding. And we're an action-oriented group of like-minded people who gather online to highlight our collective work, to share stories, and explore mindful birding. Really, we're a community. Um, our gatherings that we hold are, occur over Zoom a couple times a year, and we promote events around the world so people can find local organizations that are supporting mindful birding. Um, as for who's in the group, well, we celebrate all levels of interest and knowledge and abilities and skill with regard to birds and mindful birding. Many of us are professionals in mindful birding. Some of us want to learn more ways to bring the practice of mindful birding into our own communities. Mm-hmm. And others just want to learn more about the practice for the wellness benefits it provides. Well, speaking of learning, you're, you're sort of the teacher, but I think teachers always learn from their students. What, what kinds of things may you have uh, maybe learned from your, your students and fellows on the network? Well, it's been a really wonderful journey to watch other people explore and experience uh, the well-being benefits of mindful birding and just birds in general, whether you're mindfully birding or whether you're practicing any sort of birding style. 
the transformations that we can witness uh, through others just experiencing all um, by by finding a sense of peace, a find a sense of calm, a redirection of our mental energy and tuning of our mental channels, it, it really is therapeutic. And so for me, just watching people experience this through the programming I provide or just by being with others who also share mindful birding practice, uh, it's, a, it's a really powerful thing. And you have a podcast now as well. Yes, I have the Mindful Birding Podcast with my co-host, Dr. Holly Thomas. And uh, this podcast was first launched in March of 2023. And we delve into this style of observation, this birding style called Mindful Birding, pairing elements of mindfulness and birding and amplifying the personal well-being of benefits of both of these things. And we feature voices within the Mindful Birding community uh, around the world. Uh, we also have a Mindful Birding Nerding Science segment where we, Holly Thomas explores recent studies uh, and scientific papers surrounding the well-being benefits. Um, and also, since we know that birdsong offers immeasurable benefits to particularly our mental well-being, mm -hmm. we have a segment uh, called The Joy of Birdsong that we feature each time. Mm-hmm. Wonderful stuff. Holly Merker is a professional birding guide, author, and educator. She now uses birds and nature to deliver nature-based wellness programs for people of all ages. She's the founder of the Mindful Birding Network, which you can learn more about at this web address, and I'm sure you can find out about the podcast there. Holly will correct me if that's not the case, but the website is the Mindful Birding Network. Dot com. Don't forget to put the the in there. It's the Mindful Birding Network dot com. Holly, wonderful work, and thanks for being on with us again. Well, thank you, Ray. It was a delight to chat with you and your listeners again today. Holly Merker here on Talking Birds. And up next, it's our Mystery Bird Contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather, the flash of a wing bar in mid-flight, you don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature, let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more, or if you need help choosing your next optic, give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. There it is, it's our mystery bird. And before we uh, give the description again and a list of prizes on our Mystery Bird Contest, here's that reminder again about hearing our show live so that you could enter the Mystery Bird Contest. Uh, for example, pretty easy to do no matter where you are on the planet, as long as you have an Internet-connected device of some sort. Just go to TalkinBirds.com with no G in Talkin uh, to see how you do it. Just click on the Listen button there and... Uh, very easy to follow through on that. It's 
are live broadcast Sunday mornings from 9.30 to 10 Eastern. Sunday mornings, 9.30 to 10 Eastern. Clues for our mystery bird. Our seagoing bird is the largest member of its family in the world. Its back and wings are deep charcoal with black outermost primary feathers. It sports large white spots at the tip of its outermost two primaries. It has a thick yellow bill with a red spot on the lower mandible. Its legs are a pale pink. Its eye color ranges from pearl gray to pale yellow with dark red eye rings. Our bird, which in North America breeds mostly along the East Coast from North Carolina to Newfoundland and Labrador, has been described as pugnacious, predatory, opportunistic, and omnivorous, feeding on carrion, fish, eggs, and young of other birds, mollusks, and crustaceans, to name a few of its favorites. Clues in the sound of the bird, and our prizes include a $15 gift certificate for Beautio Books, home of one of the largest selections of birding books in the world, and something delicious from our friends at Mary's Gone Crackers. It's a month's supply of their Mary's Gone Crackers Super Seed Crackers. So good things in our mystery bird contest. And the number to call is the really important thing there, and that is 781-837-4900. Here's that number again, 781-837-4900. Give us a call as soon as you possibly can, so we'll have time for all that. Up next, Mike O'Connor, live. Let's ask Mike in just one minute. Beautio Books carries one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. New, used, and rare books covering everything from backyard birding to general ornithology. From field guides to photography skills, biography, fiction, and humor. You'll find it all along with the knowledgeable customer service you've been looking for in one convenient place. Beautiobooks.com. B-U-T-E-O. Beautiobooks.com. Quest Nature Tours has offered exceptional tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. In 2023, join us in search of colorful bird life and jaguars in Brazil or on our brand new Zambia Safari. See amazing wildlife and explore habitats with travel companions who truly enjoy nature. Talking Birds listeners receive a $150 credit towards their first tour. Visit QuestNatureTours.com today. Birds and much more. Guaranteed. Mike O'Connor is down there at the famous Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Joining us now, good morning, Mike. Hey, hey, good morning, Ray. Yeah, the sun just finally came out. We had a bit of rain, but we're all yeah. sunny now, so good day to be on the Cape. Yes, indeed. It's always a good day to be on the Cape, for, for that matter. But we, have, uh, we could call this uh, segment The Trouble with Thistle. Sounds a little bit like that famous Star Trek episode. I don't know if you remember. The, tr- the trouble with tribbles. I don't. I yeah, it's, it's, it's not quite the same. It's the, close, but yeah, it's not, yeah. Some important variations. Yeah. So, yeah. thistle seed. What's the, what's the problem? I, we've always heard how you have to be careful because it dries out quickly. But this is more of a problem now, right? Recently, there has been. Yeah, and, and just to refresh people's memories, thistle seed. We used to call it thistle. That it's really niger seed. Comes mm-hmm. from. Asia and Africa, and, and, and you know, it's thistle, then it was Niger, and then they changed the name from 
N-I-G-E-R to N-Y-J-E-R, um, because it, for, for what, because N-I-G-E-R looks like a racial slur, so they change the name, and the name keeps changing. It's like uh, trying to deal with Sean P. Diddy Combs. The name keeps changing, and the quality keeps changing, because as the U.S. Department of Agriculture worries about seeds coming from overseas, they, tr- they treat it with heat when it comes into the port. They sterilize it by heating it, and it shortens the shelf life of thistle seed, well, I'm going to call it. And so, so so when you buy it and you keep it for a while, I found my customers, because I'm on the Cape, and a lot of people go away for the winter, and then they put their seed back out, and the birds aren't eating it because it's been too old. So with thistle or Niger, which is the same thing, you have to keep it fresh. But recently, we've become a, a more of a problem where even when you buy it, the birds aren't eating it. And I've contacted all kinds of people, including the Bird Feeding Association, um, National Bird Feeding Association. They didn't even answer my <laughs> my questions. Um, but I was able to track down that that the problem with the Niger seed now is our old friend, and maybe you've forgotten about it, COVID nineteen. When a few years ago, when they shut down all the ports because they were afraid of you know trying to contain this virus, that the uh, bird seed that was coming over from overseas was the last thing they were worried about so all the so it's been sitting in warehouses and tankers for for a long time and then when it finally made it into port it was old and the birds were turning their beaks up at it and my customers you know my customers like complain anyways but usually it's about squirrels this time it was about the seed and they were birds weren't eating it and i was going to stop carrying it because it just wasn't any good and so, but I, I took contact, finally got a hold of this guy, and he told me that the, it was a port issue, and now it's coming back fresh, and I've recently found a new supply, and the birds are eating it again, so that's good news. So after that long story, my advice to anyone listening is to buy sm- always buy small amounts. That way, if the birds will go through it quickly, and then you can keep it fresh, and if the birds aren't eating it, you're not out. You know, a lot of money. You know, buy 25, 50 pounds just by smaller amounts. Yeah. And it'll be good. But try to get it as fresh as you can. And that's my story for that today. All right. That's a good story. I was going to try to be helpful by saying, could you use it in baking? Uh, those seeds. <laughs> yes, yes, you you try week? it. Let me know how it works. I'm going to try with some muffins maybe uh, later this weekend. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. All right. Happy Father's Day, all the dads out there. Happy Father's Day to you, Mike. And we'll talk to you next week. Sounds great, man. Every Wednesday, Birdwatching Magazine sends an e-newsletter full of information of interest to birdwatchers, including recent news stories about birds, conservation, and science, photography tips, stories about places to go birding, bird ID tips, and much more. Best of all, the newsletter is free. Sign up today at birdwatchingdaily.com newsletter. We're back to the mystery bird contest, I believe. And here's the sound of that bird. 781-837-4900 is the number to call. And we have Ted in the great city of Lynn, Massachusetts. Uh, good morning, Ted. Good morning, Ray. Good morning. What do you think, Ted? You heard the clues, and you most certainly must have heard that bird. You couldn't miss it there. What do you think? I think it's the Thayer's Gull. Thayer's Gull. That is an interesting guess. Let's see what our judges have to say. Oh. That didn't sound like the thing we wanted to hear. Not a Thayer's gull, but a top-quality guest, Ted. Well, 
Thank you, Ray. Happy Father's Day to you. Thank you, and to you, and thanks for calling. And we're back to another call here. This time it's Doug in the great state of Virginia. Good morning, Doug. Good morning to you. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, Doug. And uh, you probably heard the clues there and the sound of the bird and and uh, also one guest. And you say uh, what, Doug? I think it's a, a great black back belt. I think you sound very confident about that, and you therefore must be correct. Absolutely right. The great... Blackback gull, the largest gull in the world, our mystery bird. Doug, congratulations, thank you, and stay on the line, and we'll send you that cool stuff. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Doug in Virginia, correctly identifying the great black-backed gull as our mystery bird. Coming next week, we're going to talk to some really interesting guests about a new initiative by the New York Times. They have something called Go Birding with the Times, and they're doing this in collaboration with the Cornell Lab of Ornithology. So we're planning to have guests from the New York Times and Cornell Lab right here on the show next week. We hope you'll uh, we'll be tuning in for that. And just one other reminder, and that's our Talkin' Birds flock. That's our Facebook group for Talkin' Birds listeners. We have more than 400 members there, and you're invited to join. Just go to Facebook.com and uh, enter Talkin' Birds flock. That's it for today. Meanwhile, if you're listening on our live show on the 18th or on Monday, happy Juneteenth. Thanks for being with us, and see you next week. The bird show, I like that. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics, with the VIP warranty. Their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Quest Nature Tours, offering expert-led small group tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. Explore exceptional journeys around the world at questnaturetours.com. And Beautio Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautiobooks.com.